this is Genoa. And this is Yusuf. And this is In Flight Entertainment. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you you blew, you, you went out again. <laughs> even if even if we zoom, it will still be the same situation. But yeah, on on Zoom, I've been getting. Um, uh, I come through on it as an echo. Okay. Oh, see, right right now, like you're you're perfect right now. Like there's nothing wrong as he's talking. Like right now. Okay. Say say something again. On Zoom, I come through in, on an echo. Is it when yeah. you start recording it, starts doing it? No, okay. Uh, actually, technically, I'm still recording. Now you sound great. All right, okay, cool. All right, all right. So, three, two, one. Yeah, we, all right, we record. Go. Hello, this is Genoa. And this is Yusuf. And this is In Flight Entertainment. Entertainment. Hey guys, uh, we are in February, and February is uh, Black History Month. Even though every month is Black History Month, it's, it's Black History Month acknowledged. You know, we want to call it. I'm putting that in air quotes. Um, and yeah, and we're gonna bring you some uh, black stories this month. Um, we're gonna go back to some old deeper goodies, some new ones, and we're gonna do a we're gonna mix it up a little bit for you. Yes, and we are going to start with um, a classic, and it won a bunch of Oscars. And we are doing we're starting here because um, it does star Sidney Poitier, and he passed away this past month. So we figured we would we would start with him. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, the movie that really shot him into like the, the acknowledgement and like more main, like the mainstream uh, audience, uh, definitely you know, in, in the heat of the night is the movie that we're talking about. Um, like Jenna says, you know, the late, great Sidney Poitier that we lost on January 6th. Um, I didn't know this. He was born. He was he was born in Florida, uh, Miami to be exact. Uh, born in 1927. Uh, he's of Bah Bahamian Bohemian. Was it Bahamian? Bohemian. 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 Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's yeah. So he's uh, a, uh, representing the islands. Uh, so Sidney Portier, uh, born 1927. He was the youngest of seven children. Born to Evelyn and Reginald James Poitier, uh, the Bahamian uh, farmers who owned a farm on Cat Island. Uh, so that was his humble beginnings. Uh, and then he got here, uh, you know, Miami. I think uh, when, once he got here, uh, growing up, he was doing plays and all of that good stuff. Uh, and then from there, it just through the persistency through the Jim Crow era, you know, he he def, he de, he redefined the image of you know black actors, you know, because back then, you know, uh, black acting was all was was typecast to a stereotype, you know, it was kind of like back the, then, huh? back then. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I know, but that's but but the, the difference is now there's a choice, and unfortunately, a lot of black actors are still cooning, even though they don't have to. But back in the day, <laughs> they had no choice because well, of uh, okay, yeah, they didn't have they didn't have much of a choice. Um, yeah. 30, 40, 50 years ago. But I would say still in films today, um, black actors are primarily used as set dressing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're the waiter, they're the gangster, they're the car attendant. Yeah, I mean, a non, the movies with the non lead or like a, a all black cast. Yes, you're right. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, but yeah, but just imagine that was all the time back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then even if you wanted to do something different, you couldn't, you know. And Cindy Parte was that trailblazer that broke the mold and showed pretty much white American audiences that you can have this actor of color, you know, and be, you know, prestigious and just have you know, this dignity about himself and still be human, you know, and that really, yeah, that was a watershed moment, his performances and, uh, yeah, and all your Denzels and like whoever you want to bring up that's of prestigious acting, that the Sidney Parte was the blueprint, you know, and everyone would tell you that, all the actors would tell you that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and so, in the Heat of the Night um, came out in 1967, and that year alone, he actually did three movies. He's He did Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which is an absolutely amazing movie. Highly recommend seeing it. Um, and he also did To Serve with Love. And I think mm-hmm. um, I think Guess Who's Coming to Dinner won some Oscars, and The Heat of the Night won some Oscars, but I'm not sure if To, to Serve with Love did. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I'm sure if if not, it was definitely nominated for some. Yeah, at the very <laughs> least, it was nominated. Yeah, so like in a single year, he was in three Oscar-nominated slash winning movies. Um, and it it's strongly believed that the only reason why he didn't win that year for any of these movies was because the, the vote was actually split. Um, because if you see his performance in these movies, you're just like, yes, he's, he is an actor. Um, mm. and he deserves all the praise in the world. Yes, definitely. I mean, and there's, and it's rare, you know, especially if you leave behind a legacy like that in movies, not only, like far as acting, but just to show a community, you know, just, you know, it's just to show your people like, Hey, this, you know, we can do this. You know, we can have, you know, we can have integrity on screen. We can show these people who think that we're step and fetch, you know, shuckas and javas or whatever you want to call it, the stereotype that they put on us, we can break that mold and they have to respect us at least, you know, our craft as, you know, actors of color. And yeah, and I, I mean, you, you can't go, and for someone to leave a, a legacy like that behind, it's just something that can't be ignored. And he's solely missed and 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. It's kind of like all like a eulogy, or whatever. But anyway, but, but getting back to the movie in Heat and Night, um, which is okay. I have to say, the movie is directed by Norman Jewison. Now, we actually reviewed another movie of his um, on another uh, Black History movie thing with Bob. <laughs> Where are we doing? You we know did. It? Yeah. Oh, a soldier story. Yes. Yes. Norman, man, I mean, he's one of my favorite directors. Here's the reason why he's one of my favorite directors. What defined a director to me is movies that if you put maybe five or six of them together, you would think the stories and the tone are from different directors, but it's the same director. Let me give you guys, if you guys don't know like who he is, what, he, like, what he's done, all right, let me tell you. Right, so not only in the heat of the night, he did the Cincinnati Kid, he did the original Thomas Crown Affair, uh, Rollerball, I mean, Jesus Christ Superstars. It's like you put these movies together next to each other, like Moonstruck, Agnes of God, um, Other People's Money, which I love. Uh, then, you know, we were talking about Denzel Washington, he worked with him in the hurricane in 99. You get, I mean, you gotta see this pattern of like his style. It's like in a soldier story. Like a soldier story is not other uh, other people's money. That's not a moonstruck. <laughs> that's not a rollerball. That's not a Jesus Christ superstar. Uh, he was a very diverse, like versatile director. As I say. yeah, and so apparently, um, in the heat of the night, uh, a soldier story and the hurricane are all supposed to be part of like a trilogy. Mm. Uh, through different eras and everything. So Wow. Right on. Yeah. He's a man. <laughs> yeah. And uh oh, and I have to definitely uh acknowledge okay, so pretty much you had three things going on in this movie for us production. Okay, you had uh, Sydney Potts and you know, Rod Steiger which uh amazing actor actor also. Um you had Norman Jew- Jewison behind a camera, and you had Quincy Jones on the score of this movie. It's like it's one of those things where you will look at the credits, like, okay, like how could this movie not be a classic? All these people fantasies and in front of the camera, behind the camera, and music. I mean. Wow, it's like the like the Bulls. That's Jordan Arrow Bulls stuff. Like that's that's a guarantee win. Yeah, um, it's also like I. So were they using new film technology in this movie? Because I feel like the colors were just so beautiful. And I and I did read somewhere that Norman, the, the director Norman Jewison. Um, he figured out the lighting so that Sydney, his skin shined rather than got lost in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like movies that came out in the late seven or late sixties just have this different color to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it feels a little bit like, like cotton candy esque. <laughs> like, I, like I think of, um, like Pillow Talk, which I think came out in the late 60s. Um, just everything feels like cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think okay. I think I I think I I think you know because you're saying going into the sixties. When did we come out of when did we come out of black and white and into color? Like fifties? Uh, well, the or late fifties uh, or the Wizard of Oz was filmed in the thirties and that was color. Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. So we had color for for a while. <laughs> I, don't, I just feel like movies of the fifties are all black and white for some reason. I don't know. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think I think the thing is, you know, when you have film, right, like actual film grain, and you have like well lit. You know, scenes and you have very pronounced, maybe um, uh, a primary color props or whatever around the set. You know, you have like your red Coca Cola top. So, you things that kind of pop, you know, around the characters. And like you said, make it look very like vibrant. The colors of the reds are reds and the oranges are oranges. And, you know, and, you know, and also this film is really good visually. of putting you into, you know, the hot, humid stickiness of the environment of the South. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Although, okay, so I'm, I am on the trailer. The the end of the trailer says it's color by Deluxe. So maybe Deluxe has something to do with the the color thing. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're onto something. You're you're onto something because I think they probably you know you know turned up you know. <laughs> color palette ceiling here and there. And and also I think white people finally found out that you like skin of color and gold and not white. Give them a goldish tint to bring up their browns <laughs> and blacks. I think he was like, oh yeah, I'll just like light them white. <laughs> uh and yeah, and there you go. Um and yeah, and he looks he looks amazing. Um, you know, if you know, if you like, you know, if you like melanin, right, it's beautiful. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but okay, enough about the color, the <laughs> actors, the director. What is this movie about? Oh, me? Okay, <laughs> am I IMDb in it or? Yep, you get to do that this time. Okay, I'm gonna IMDb it. Let me IMDb it. Uh, it, okay, here's a, I got it, 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 it is, okay, let me tell you guys, I'm about to tell you about it. <laughs> All right, um, okay. a black Philadelphia police detective is mistakenly suspected of a local murder while passing through a racially hostile Mississippi town, and after being cleared, is reluctantly asked by the police chief to investigate the case. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> That's IMDb, guys. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, this movie did lead into a, a full-on TV show where where you have uh, Sydney's character staying in the town, helping to solve crimes. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like this is the same situation as Murder She Wrote in that this tiny little town is has, having all of these crimes. Maybe he is the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, 
in 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 Virgil Tim's defense, I wouldn't be mad because if it was all these white people get killed, you'd probably frustrate all these racist white folks around him. <laughs> Kill them all. I'm sick of you racist mofos. Uh, oh, and also, and like Jim said, in the, the TV series, we have the late great um, Archie Bucker himself, Carol O'Connor, uh, plays you know the chief Gillespie in the show. Which I thought was amazing. I was like, Archie Bucker is playing the Chief of the Evening Night TV show. Like, oh, this is worth watching. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, in the movie, Rod, Rod Steger uh, plays the police chief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's really good. I'll, it's funny because the movie almost, almost plays out almost like a play. In a way, uh, because you know you have you, you have the murder, you have the kind of suspects in a small town. Tibbs come in, automatically get the southern greeting, so to speak, <laughs> from the police, um, and then you know he's yeah, all of a sudden, hey, you know he's a cop, uh, and then it's like you think things are solved, but his knowledge and his intuition counters, you know, the locals that's just like, oh, okay, cut and dry. Let's go home, boys. But he looks at things. He's like, wait a minute. No, that's not right. I don't think he's the killer. X, Y, Z. Here's why. Of course, you know, it's this black man to have more knowledge than these, you know, white people around him. It's like, that's an insult in itself, right? So, of course, you're not going to believe it. Uh, but I, I love like the t- the intellectual tug of war more so on top of the physical racially charged things that he endures. Um, I think it, 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 it's brilliant. It's a brilliant story. It's a brilliant movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the, so we we after we're we're as the IMDb description states after we in, we're introduced to. The character of the Philadelphia police, who's Virgil Tibbs, um, and then the the Mississippi police chief, who's uh, Gillespie. Gillespie. Yeah. Um, it, it is it it is one hundred percent like a series of this guy's guilty. We're going to lock like first Virgil Tibbs is um, going to be locked up for the murder. It, 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 it's such a small town mentality of any person that that steps out of line or is a stranger must automatically be guilty. So the first person that that's guilty is the black man. <clears throat> and then like the second person that they find guilty is uh the person that all of a sudden has some money and he must be guilty because he is a poorer and he never has money. Uh which, which he, the only thing he was guilty of was finding a wallet on the street and stealing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then who is the next person that was, was found guilty? Uh, 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 was it, was it, oh, it was, uh, police officers, right. Yeah. That yeah, was messing yeah. around with the teenage girl. Right. He must be guilty because he's messing around with a teenage girl. Well, yes, he is guilty for that, but yes. <laughs> not for murdering someone. And it's just like, and each time they find someone guilty, Virgil Tibbs comes in and is like, uh, 
look, this guy is obviously not guilty because the death occurred between 11 and 12, and he was still playing pool at this time. And they're like, no, he must be guilty. <laughs> he ran. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds familiar uh, right now in today's police and boys and girls. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah and then Virgil Tibbs it's funny because the police officer that everyone was like yes he's guilty he's the one that did it um was actually the first person that that locked up Virgil Tibbs believing that he was guilty Mm -hmm. and so Virgil is in this weird position where he's like well you know I don't like this dude but he he didn't do it he's just a creep right yeah, because yeah, he's all about the law. He's the only true person that's all about the law and innocent until proven guilty. And like he's very meticulous and thorough, you know. It was yeah, like reasonable doubt. All that. The, the true teachers of law enforcement. <laughs> While, you know, the locals are like, ah, he the scenario kind of fits what we suspect, so therefore, all right, just lock him up. He's guilty. Yeah. So meanwhile, while Virgil is like trying to solve the crime, this is Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a cotton town. So you have all the, the people of color um, working the field still. And you have the rich white guy, Endicott, uh, that who sort of runs the town. Mm-hmm. And a famous scene, especially for 1967, was... Virgil and Gillespie go to to question Endicott about uh, what like they they found some evidence in the car in in the victim's car that led them to Endicott. So they went to go question him, and Endicott doesn't like a a black man talking to him that way so he slaps him and Virgil slaps him back (laughs) and I just I can't even imagine in 1967 this is in the middle of really the KKK in the south running the show and lynching people still and just anyone of color not having any real safety and here this movie is coming out and showing a black man slapping a white man i just when they released this movie they're they're worried it would it would cause riots or boycott in the south Mm -hmm. um and it didn't which is it still surprises me (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's a testament of a good movie good story because you're so wrapped up in the story and a testament to Sidney Poitier and the portrayal of his character. It's like, I guess, you know, when you see it in the context of the story and he slaps the white dude back, you're like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, yeah, slap him back. Yeah, that was get him, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and and the, the sheriff turns to, to Virgil and he's like, you know, I, I could shoot you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and also, and I love like, you know, uh, you know, Cindy, how he plays Tibbs, just like kind of, he, he, it's like he, 
stoically like just stands on the ground that hey the law is on my side like good is on my side the truth is on my side therefore I don't fear any of you you know local yokels kind of thing it's like he kind of have that as his shield as he kind of just walk around and slap was like you know I got the truth therefore you know I can do I can do I can do this because you're lying you're not telling the truth you know, I want the truth, and you know, you you you, you, you withholding it from me, and then you're gonna insult me by slapping. Like, no, like I'm gonna write you in the wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It was very, it was a moment in movie history that I was like, whoa, <laughs> but right on at the same time. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it it is. A fantastic story. They ultimately find out um, who killed the person. It was really just he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and, you know, yeah. got killed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know, solved. And, and I think it was a, it's a very honest to me, I, I think it's one of the most honest endings. Um, I've ever seen in like movie history when it tackles stuff like this or subjects like this. Okay, so the last shot is, you know, Tibbs kind of jumping on the train and, you know, he kind of says goodbye to, you know, like a lesbian, you know, lesbian guy, you know, he kind of walks away and Tibbs, you know, about to get on the train. So Leslie, you know, turn around to stop, you know, Virgil for a moment and Virgil turns around kind of like, you know, like what? You know, and there's there's a beat. It's kind of like a beat, and it's a close-up of Gillespie, like looking at Virgil. It's almost like a silent understanding. And he, the only thing Vir, like Gillespie say to Virgil is like, "Take care of yourself now." You know, like that's all. It's like by just saying that he said he said a monologue without saying it. It was just like in his way, like. I, I I appreciate what you did. You know, I have I have some respect for you. Yep. Yeah, and I wish you a good life. It was kind of like in his own way, but just say take care of yourself now. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was and, like, yeah. And please don't ever come back. <laughs> right. And 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 show us how stupid we are now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like just that. That moment, you know, like it had to be, you know, oh, you showed me a lot, and, you know, and I appreciate everything you did for us. And, you know, just kind of like take care of yourself, and you know, it did. You know, tears kind of give him that that nod. Okay, like I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, all right, <laughs> you take care of yourself too, and he, and that's it. And they go to separate ways. I thought that was really genius. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um, so this film was actually filmed up in, I think it was Illinois. Um, the only scene or only parts of the movie that was actually filmed in Mississippi were the parts that take place at the cotton mill, uh, mm-hmm. because they don't have those up in Illinois. And the reason why is because, uh, Sydney said that he wouldn't film in Mississippi because the last time he and other black actors were down there, the KKK tried to, to kill them. And so they were only there for a few days, but he slept with a gun underneath his pillow the entire time. Yeah. Um, the rest of the time when they were filming it up in Illinois, it was actually, I think it was October. 
uh, or November and it was cold. So they had to put ice in their mouth before they, they did any of their lines so that you couldn't see their their breath. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. And I'm sure they shot in Southern Illinois, which is pretty, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And again, just the fearlessness of this man. It's like, okay, I will do this movie. I mean, just to, just to prove a point and to open up bigger dialogue, especially what happened to him in real life down south. You know, I mean, that's that's just so ballsy. Just like, wow. Like, he was about it. He was about it. And God yeah. bless him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- there's one part in the movie that I just absolutely loved because it, it reminded me about moving into my neighborhood. Um, he goes into a, a an establishment and meets the woman running it. And it's Mama Caleb. Mm-hmm. And she goes, just call me Mama. And so when I moved into my neighborhood, the woman, uh, two, two houses down, the first woman that I met on the street, her German shepherds like charged me. She came out to apologize and she introduced her name, introduced herself to me as mama. And I still have no idea what her name is. It's, <laughs> it's five years later, still just mama. <laughs> that's <funny. laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's how it goes. You know, it's like, yeah, I yeah, there's 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 quite a few elders um back in old old neighborhood that I I if you tell me what was her name, like I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Did she have a full name? I, uh yeah, but no, I totally agree. Yes, definitely. I, I feel you. It's always no call me to so and so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you never just, ask, like, what's your actual name? But you don't even yeah. acquire it like no. <laughs> it it just it felt so authentic and warm and real. Um, I really I really liked that. I mean, it, it's like a two second scene, but I was just like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, if they if they like you, that that's a you know, it's like you you're in. It's like if they like call me this, like <laughs> you're good. Like like you're in the click. <laughs> you you're on their good side. Yeah. If, it, yeah. if, she, if she said you, well, you call, you call me Mrs. So and So, that means you're not, yeah, <laughs> you're not good with them. <laughs> right, right. I think I was, I was, I think they accepted me because I didn't freak out when two shirt, German shepherds charged me. I just sort of stood there like a oh, fuck. <laughs> like, oh man, she got grit. Call me mama. <laughs> <laughs> It's the test when you move into the neighborhood. What what do you do when a shepherd charges you? <laughs> you pass the test. <laughs> uh, yeah, you did call the cops. Therefore, like your mom. Oh, uh, you call them. <laughs> oh, oh, good point. Yes. Yeah. Very good point. Yes. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she's cool. She's cool. I like her. She's cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's an ally. Let's <laughs> call, call me Bob. <laughs> <laughs> all right so our uh rated goes as values uh ass on the couch good watch you'll love it um put on your shoes kind of play going outside and or doing work while you're watching it you kind of in you're kind of out of the movie you're not 100 invested in it um and worse 
of the worst is go outside. Meaning I'd rather go outside, get sneezed on, coughed on, whatever, <laughs> before I stay in the house and watch this movie. I mean, for me, it's sit on the sofa. Um, I, I do have to say, I, I watched it for the first time this past week. It's it's currently on HBO Max for anyone that wants to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I absolutely loved it. I've, I've seen a few of his other movies, um, like Look Who's Coming to Dinner and, and a few others. Mm-hmm. Um, Look Who's Coming to Dinner really stuck with me, but this this one... I think I always avoided it just because the the racial tension. I, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to go there, but for as much as you would think that there would be a lot of ra- racial tension in the movie, it it's not as overt as I was expecting. Um, there's the slap, but I feel like it it does it in a soft way where I would say like in a soldier story that that movie was a little more in your face. Whereas this one makes it digestible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And of course, and also I think, you know, like you were saying, the reason why, you know, it, it wasn't what you expect is because I think the director and writer, whoever like did a really good job on just, or just keying in on Tibbs versus this weird, skewed definition of law enforcement, more so than, well, of course, the racism came with this skewed uh, uh, point of view of law enforcement. And I think that was more of what he was going up against, and these racist people represented it. More so than just like, oh, you know, it's just these redneck pitchforks, yada, 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 right? You know, and I, I think that was really smart, you know, like how what what the movie was really like uh, about, you know, the opposing the opposing viewpoint of, you know, truth and law and things like that. Um, and, and like, what's the true definition of it? Or is it nurture? Was it nature versus nurture? You know, and, and the laws that uh, comes from that, uh, things yeah. like that. Uh, so yeah, no, of course, as on couch me, I mean, <laughs> it goes without saying. And and like General said, uh, definitely dig into Cindy's like other words like uh, starting with dinner. Oh, and I want to give an honorable mention to Cindy uh, Poitier's. Uh, he was in this movie, this '90s movie, and we have to. Like reviews, one of these days. Um, with the legendary Robert Redford and his movie oh, called yes. Sneakers. Oh yes, <laughs> I, that I love that movie. The chemistry between all of the characters in it is just so good. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. as you can yes. see. That's gonna be like an ass of a cow review because I don't think it's gonna be. A, oh, is it? Do they like I mean, it? Do they like? like don't they like it? <laughs> like, like River Phoenix, Dan Aykroyd. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to mention, like, honorable mention, sneakers. Cindy Partey was in there. It was an awesome cast on top of Robert Redford, but you had Sydney and Robert right there. Like, so good. Anyway, so um, there you have it. In the heat of the night. If you haven't uh, seen it, definitely watch it. Like, see what this 
awesome pioneer of the actor, Sidney Poitier, contributed to, you know, cinema and acting. Um, it's very important, and uh, you would like it, and all this other stuff. And also, you know, in Sneakers too. definitely watch that. He did some stuff in the 90s also. I think he did Shoot the Kill with Tom Berry. It was one of those. Uh, anyway, it was a good one. So he, he was in stuff here and there throughout the 80s and 90s that you can check out. Uh, yeah. So that's our first uh, review. And we will see you next week with another Black and Black movie. <laughs> but we're going to go retro this time. Until uh, then, with everyone, stay physical distancing in. Keep wearing those masks and getting your shots. Yes. Peace.